It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy for Daily Thunder, and I'm excited to be stepping back into this series on Becoming Brave. And we've been looking at heroes from history that have personally impacted my life, specifically in this area of becoming courageous in the midst of crisis. As I've said before, I'm not naturally a courageous person. So when I read these stories of ordinary men and women who decided to really trust and stake everything on the extraordinary power and faithfulness of God, it is truly refreshing and inspiring to me. And it's been life-changing for me to study these lives. Today, I'd like to look at the life of Amy Carmichael, who is one of my favorite Christian missionaries in history. She was a young woman who went to India and gave her life to rescuing children who were in danger of being sold into slave prostitution. And she would rescue them and raise them to be ambassadors for the gospel. Truly an incredible, fruitful life for the glory of God. And I've seen so many aspects of her story that are truly astounding when it comes to supernatural courage. And she really began this pattern when she was very young, when she was in her late teens. And she worked in her home country of Ireland among the Shawleys. These were poor factory girls that did not have enough money to buy a hat. So they were known as the Shawleys because they would wear shawls over their head. She was aggressive in her willingness to not just tell them about God's love for them, but demonstrate his love to them through living a poured out life. Even though she was a single woman from an upper class, well-to-do, wealthy family, she chose to live in the slums among the Shawleys so that she could really empathize and understand the daily struggles that they faced. And so she slept in a filthy rat infested building. She wouldn't get sleep because she was hearing screams and slaps and people fighting in rooms all around her. She wore the same clothes as the Shawleys. She lived on the same meager diet that they ate. She knew that she couldn't just tell these destitute young women that God would give them peace and joy in the midst of their circumstances unless she was willing to prove it true in her own life. And sometimes I believe that is where courage starts, is being willing to get out of our comfort zone and say, Lord, I know you're going to back me up. This isn't what I would choose, but I know that you're going to be with me every step of the way. And that willingness really was incredible preparation for what God would called her to later as a foreign missionary. When she arrived in India, she had no desire to be pampered and comfortable. India was a very fashionable place for wealthy Europeans to go. And though it caused other missionaries to dislike her, she chose to live and work among the Indian people in a self-sacrificing way. Often she would camp by the side of the road and she would travel in this rickety bullock cart in the heat of the day. And when sick children were brought to her, she nursed them around the clock for weeks or months at a time. She risked her life numerous times in order to save one little child from being captured and given over to slavery. And as she began to have all of these children that she had rescued, she decided she didn't really want to just run an orphanage with all of these children. She wanted to care for each of them as if they were her own, and she called them her family. Their spiritual growth was just as important to her as their physical well-being. So she didn't just rescue them physically. She also rescued them spiritually, and God gave her the grace to personally love them and disciple them and pour herself out for them day and night. There were a couple of cases where she actually 
actually put herself at risk of going to jail in an Indian prison in order to legally fight for children who were in dangerous home situations because of the Hindu caste system. And one of the reasons Amy was so courageous and did so many things that many of us would be afraid to do is that she did not protect her own comforts. She was willing to receive wounds and be misunderstood and mistreated for the sake of the gospel. And once she wrote this, she has so many incredible quotes. Here's one of my favorites. It is so fatally easy to forget that we are not here to enjoy life, to live pleasantly without stabs and rending griefs that can leave scars, but that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. She wasn't after an easy, comfortable life. She was willing to follow Jesus down the narrow way of the cross. She also joyfully accepted the life of singleness that she felt God had called her to, because when she first arrived on the mission field, she started to feel lonely, and she really longed for a husband and children. That desire continued to grow until finally she knew she needed to get alone with God and pray about what she was struggling with. She went to a remote cave and spent the day pouring out her heart to him and listening to his answer. She felt clearly that he was speaking to her that she was not supposed to marry, but also that he was giving her the promise that as she put her trust in him, she would never be desolate, as it says in the Psalms. And from that point forward, she gladly and willingly embraced her calling to singleness and fully gave herself to the work that God had called her to. And she was never lonely again. God fulfilled his promise to her. Hundreds of Indian children called her Amma, which means mother, and many precious Indian women saw her as a beloved sister. She wrote this poem, which I think so enunciates the poured out life. From prayer that asks that I may be sheltered from winds that beat on thee, from fearing when I should aspire, from faltering when I should climb higher, from silken self, O captain free, thy soldier who would follow thee, from subtle love of softening things, from easy choices, weakenings, not thus our spirits fortified, not this way went the crucified, from all that dims thy calvary, O Lamb of God, deliver me. Give me the love that leads the way, the faith that nothing can dismay, the hope that no disappointments tire, the passion that will burn like fire. Let me not sink to be a clod. Make me thy fuel, flame of God. If we are going to be courageous in the midst of crisis, this needs to be the cry of our heart as well. Make me thy fuel, O flame of God. Through the years, those powerful words have challenged me to never stop short of living a poured out life and to remember that no sacrifice is too great for the one who gave everything for us. And this is the message you see in Amy's life. She demonstrated incredible endurance. Where others would have walked away in defeat, she refused to be easy on herself or listen to the voice of self-pity, no matter how difficult her circumstances became. She wrote this little book called If, which is a very challenging and convicting book, but she said, if I am soft to myself and slide comfortably into the vice of self-pity, if though I have this ministry and have been given much mercy, I faint, if I do not by the grace of God practice fortitude, then I know nothing of Calvary love. We so often want ministry to fit into a nice little box that does not disrupt our lives or challenge our comforts in any way. But she had this attitude of complete givenness. She said, Lord, if I put my own wants, my own desires in front of what you have called me to do, then I'm not really walking in the pattern of Calvary. 
Amy endured so many severe tests of faith, persecution from the anti-Christian culture where she was in India. The Hindu culture was very, very strong, very against her. She was in a very dangerous situation, raising these children in the midst of a hostile community. And she lost many of her closest companions due to sickness and disease, but she never thought of giving up. Leonard Ravenhill once said about Amy Carmichael, she took a one-way ticket to the mission field. When she left England for India as a young woman, she was in delicate health. She said goodbye to friends and family and everything that was precious and familiar to her. She never returned to England. She stayed in India with the work that God had called her to do until her death at the age of 83. One of the most amazing demonstrations of endurance that Amy demonstrated was during the last 20 years of her life. So she had spent many years in this tireless, active service rescuing helpless children, and then she fell and and got a back injury. She became crippled and she spent the next two decades of her life confined to her bedroom, not able to get out of bed for more than an hour at a time. She needed round-the-clock nursing care, and this was truly a devastating situation for someone who used to be so energetic and giving all of her time and her energy to serve others. And even though she grieved her lack of ability to serve as she used to, she didn't allow that difficult circumstance to make her bitter against God or be an excuse to grow spiritually slack. Instead, she poured herself into writing books, prayer, and encouragement for the family of women and children under her care and the global church. She wrote at least 13 books during those 20 years and spent countless hours praying. And she continued to richly disciple and teach those that lived in her missionary compound, even from her sickbed. During this time of sickness and confinement, she wrote, I am sure, for I have proved it true, that one long look at Calvary does something for us that nothing else can do. Consider him that endured, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Try it, you who are in the thick of things. Try it and you will prove the power that is in it. If there has been defeat anywhere and you are tempted to faint in your minds, do not be discouraged, but determine that the next time attack comes, you will win. Consider him that endured and you will be more than a conqueror. What a powerful attitude toward trials, towards attack, towards hindrances. And if we're going to become brave and face crisis with boldness, that endurance needs to become part of our spiritual lens through which we look at life. That can only happen by grace, God's grace working through us, and by abiding closely, walking closely with Jesus Christ. And that's really where I believe Amy's endurance came from. It was from her close, intimate walk with Christ, her love, her reverence for the word of God. These are things that she vigilantly protected. My favorite quote from Amy Carmichael reminds me what is required in order to maintain true spiritual strength. Comrades in this solemn fight, let us settle it as something that cannot be shaken. We are here to live holy, loving, lowly lives. We cannot do this unless we walk very, very close to our Lord Jesus. Anything that would hinder us from the closest walk that is possible until we see him face to face is not for us. And that is how she lived her life. Even on the day that Amy Carmichael died, she was fighting the good fight. Her very last letter was a simple word of encouragement to one of the children under her care, communicating the truth that said this, if you mean so much to me, how much more do you mean to him? If you have ever wondered whether it is really possible to follow in the steps of a spiritual hero like Amy Carmichael, 
be encouraged that this is the path God has called each one of us to and what he calls us to, he equips us for. Now, our lives are going to look different than hers. We are not all called to India to rescue children, but we are all called to live that aggressively poured out life, that life of spiritual endurance, that life that faces crisis and challenge with spiritual fortitude. It's easy to admire people like her from a distance, all the while believing that we can never achieve that same kind of spiritual strength in our own lives. But I find it so encouraging as I've said in previous episodes, that we serve the same God as our spiritual heroes, and we have access to the same spiritual power and grace that was available to them. Our lives may not play out the same way theirs did. Our stories may not be exciting. Our writing may not be as poignant or powerful, but by the grace of God, we can adopt and cultivate those same key spiritual qualities that governed the lives of those that were truly brave in the face of crisis. And at the same time, we must not forget that when we follow in the footsteps of our spiritual heroes, there is a cost to this way of living. Amy Carmichael summarized it beautifully when she said, to break with all worldly customs, to live utterly separate from the spirit of the world, so that we shall not say, what is the harm of this or that, but simply shall have lost all relish for what is not of the Father, to live as those who truly lay all on the altar, time, strength, possessions, literally everything we are and everything we have. This will cost us something. Are we ready for what it will cost? And when I read those words, my prayer is, Lord, make me ready to answer that question with a resounding yes by your enabling grace. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My prayer is that you would step into the incredible calling of bravery and fortitude that he has given you, whether you're in a sickbed or actively rescuing children or anything in between. God bless. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.